Would you pray with me? Father, we come to you this morning so thankful that we can call you Father. Not just Father, but Abba, Father. That you know us, you love us, you care for us. We come this morning with heavy hearts as we consider, as we experience the sufferings of our present time. We pray this morning for the families, for the communities, for the friends of all those affected by these recent shootings in our city. We pray this morning for the Southside family mourning the death of their daughter who played soccer in our very own gathering place. We also pray for the Sikh community as they mourn the death of their loved ones. We continue to hurt for our community and our world. Father, we bring to you our worries, our fears. We confess our apathy and our self-centeredness. We pray, Father, for the hope and healing that is found in Jesus. And Father, this morning as we open up your word, I pray that my words are clear, that they're helpful, that they bring you glory and honor. Burn off whatever doesn't do those things. Holy Spirit, we need you to be our teacher this morning, and may we be open to receive. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is good to be together. Good morning, whether you're here on the floor, whether you're joining us online, whether you're way up in the balcony, whether you've been with us for a long time or you're a guest today, we are so glad that you're here. We've got some big questions to deal with in just a few minutes this morning. But I believe God has a clear word from us in just a few verses this morning. We've been in this journey in the book of Romans, and we've been looking at, specifically in Romans 8, all these blessings of being a child of God. This morning, we're going to deal with the question of how can we actually live as children of God in the midst of suffering, in the midst of hard times, in the midst of pain. Whether that suffering is personal for you today, whether it's suffering that you're experiencing really vicariously through somebody else, whether it's local, whether it's global, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, whatever that suffering may be, God has a clear word for us in His Word. I'm going to deal with just a couple verses. This morning, as we try, really in the context of all of Romans 8, to understand how do I live in the midst of suffering? Paul reminded us last week as children of God, we can approach God as our Abba Father, and, and with that status as a child, and really even as a son. Last week, we talked about what that meant uh, as an adopted son, so back in that day, it would only be the male children that would be adopted and given that privilege. 
but there were four immediate blessings. Your, uh, your debt would be forgiven. You would take on a new name. You would enter into this new relationship with a new family, and there would be a promise that your future debts and all that would be taken care of. But in the midst of that wonderful offering, that wonderful blessing, Paul is going to turn now to how do we apply that wonderful blessing of being an adopted child in the midst of the right now of the pain that we go through. So I want to take you to uh, Romans 8, verse 18. Paul says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Three key words for us today that you can latch on to. And then i got to use a little alliteration on you today. They're all going to start with W. The first one is wrestle. The first one is wrestle. Paul says this, for I consider the sufferings of this time. Now, I want you to consider the word consider for just a second. Sometimes when we hear that word consider, it's just kind of a flippant whatever. Yeah, I'll consider that someday. But what Paul means here is to reckon, to think hard. I'm going to say to wrestle. How do we look at what's going on right now? How do we look at our suffering, our pain? How do we wrestle with that in the moment, in the right now? Knowing Jesus has already paid it all, knowing there's something to come, but in the right now, how do we wrestle with pain and suffering? How do you make sense of it all? How do you handle things in the middle of the night when it's really, really hard? When you say, God, where are you? Jesus, help me right now. That's a wrestling match. How do I adjust my thinking? How do I understand with my mind where God really is in that presence? This is a process of seeing our suffering clearly. The wonderful reality of the Christian life is that God never minimizes our suffering, our pain. We can address it fully. We can see it as it really is. We don't have to minimize it. We don't have to maximize it. We don't ignore it. We don't set it aside. We can see it clearly as it really is. And my friends, the reality of the Christian life is suffering is the norm. That's where we are. Now, how does the Holy Spirit help us in this? The Holy Spirit helps us as we consider, as we wrestle, and we actually think with God. We can understand in the moment, 3 o'clock in the morning, you are not alone. You can actually think with God. How do I look at my circumstances right now? How do I look at my pain? How do I think with God? Our second word is way, W-E-I-G-H. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed 
in us, or revealed to us. Paul asks us here to make a comparison, to weigh. I want you to think about that for a minute. When you and I step on the scales, a number pops up, and it's usually electronic or something like that, and that might be suffering when we, we see that. But whatever the case, when you think of ancient scales, there wasn't an electronic number that just popped up. We had a, a balance-type scale. There would be established weights of rocks or stones, something like that, that would be measured. What Paul is inviting us to do in this text is to weigh, to compare. What is he asking us to compare? The present sufferings of this life, of this time, with the glory that is to be revealed. I invite you to just hold out your arms for just a second. I want you to think about that. I want you to do your own weighing for just a moment. In your right hand, think about the suffering right now. In your left hand, I want you to think about that which is to come. What Paul is inviting us to do is to compare those two. You can put your arms down now. Rough on your shoulders. But I want you to think about that comparison this morning. How do you put those two together? Paul says to put the glory that is to be revealed on one end. So what is that glory? It's the brilliance. It's the presence. It's to be able to see God as he really is. It's that which is to be revealed. Paul adds some more detail in um, 2 Corinthians 4, 17. He says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Now, here's what I want you to understand today. The Holy Spirit... The very Spirit of God, the very Spirit present in creation, present in the tabernacle and the temple, that the, the Spirit for believers is now inside of us. What does the Spirit do? I want you to think about your suffering. I want you to think of the eternal weight of glory. Here's what the Spirit does. The Spirit tips the scales. The Spirit tips the scales and says, oh, yes, the suffering I, I have right now, I understand it, I get it, it's hard but when I compare, when I balance the scales, when I have to, to see what I have to look forward to, oh, that's what the Spirit does. That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit puts it in perspectives. So compared to what I'm dealing with right now, it's there, it's real, I don't minimize it, but compared to what is to come, oh, that's what the Spirit does. The final word. Wait. Wait. W-A-I-T. The creation waits with eager expectation for the not yet, for the eternal wait of what is to come. We're going to take some time in the next few weeks to really 
drill down on what that means, but just a few things to consider this morning. How do you do with waiting? How do you do with waiting? The great theologian Tom Petty, the waiting is the hardest part. Some of you are saying, who's Tom Petty, right? Dates me. Everybody's on equal footing with music these days. The waiting is the hardest part. Now, there's a couple kinds of waiting. There's waiting in, riot, in line for a ride at King's Island, which could be a lot of fun because I'm expecting something great, fun. There's also the waiting on a test result. Different types of waiting. The way we think about waiting depends so much on what we think we are waiting for. What are you waiting for? Now, the Holy Spirit fills our minds with the not yet. Paul says in Ephesians 1.14 that the Spirit is our guarantee, our down payment on what is to come. And the beautiful thing that we've been celebrating this morning that is not simply an abstract what that we worship. It is a who. It is Jesus. And we have the very Spirit of God inside us to remind us of that truth, to point us to Jesus, to remind us that we are indeed children of God. So this morning, I want you to consider, I want you to think as you wrestle as you weigh, and as you wait with expectation. What Paul's word does, what God's word does today is it invites us to tip the scales. It invites us to think differently. Now this morning, we're going to talk about some important stuff in the life of our church. We're going to talk about some things about our future, and I want us to all be grounded in this idea of the Holy Spirit being present in this particular time, 2021, and all that we've been through individually, all that we've been through as a church, all that we've been through globally. And as we wrestle, as we weigh, and as we wait, part of what the Spirit of God does, it encourages us to shift our perspective, change our focus, make it clearer, and to realize it's not about me. It's not just about me and my family. It's not just about my comfort. It's about something greater. And as we think about our own suffering, we're reminded of the one who suffered for us. And as we think about that, as we wrestle with that, as we weigh and as we wait, we're reminded that God's love for us is something we ought to be sharing. It ought not be something we just hang on to and cling to, but the love and the hope and the joy of Christ is something that our hurting world needs right now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for 
the clarity of your word. We thank you that it's true. And Father, right now, continue to work through us as we sing, as we reflect, as we wrestle, as we weigh, as we wait. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.